This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox, and this is the final episode of our series, Behind the Console, highlighting the work of female and non-binary audio engineers. Today, we feature two engineers who got their start in Seattle who love to play with sound. First up is Alice Wilder, who mainly does front-of-house sound. That means they are mixing the sound the audience hears during a live performance. I have worked with Third Eye Blind a little bit. I wonder how it's gonna be when you don't know me. Spent a lot of time with a band called Ostra from Toronto. I've worked with MIA. I have worked with Future Islands. Perish the pain. And right now I'm with Big Thief. She was a shark smile in a yellow van. She came around and I stole the plants in my youth. I would love to have you break down a song or two that you absolutely loved mixing front of house live. I love this question. Thank you for asking. (laughs) I love it when Big Thief gets to Cattails. That's a song that's on a 12-string acoustic guitar. I just like that because it's the only time that guitar is being used during the set, and I love how it sounds. It's super lush and powerful. And the other song I really like to mix by Big Thief is a song called Not. Because that song kind of strays a little bit more. I mean, Big Thief in general just kind of doesn't really stick with how the songs are recorded and kind of vibe on stage with each other and with the audience and just kind of feed off the audience and kind of move more organically. Um, And I think Nod is definitely one of those songs that allows a lot of leeway for just veering off from the the like backbone of the song, especially towards the end where Adrian has this guitar solo that can last anywhere from 30 seconds to like eight minutes. <laughs> she just can really rock out. One of my favorite things to do there is just a thing called binaural panning, where I pan all over the PA. Um, So the image of the panning is more of a 360 degree radius, I guess. (laughs) It's 3D as opposed to just left, right. And so I have this console that has this kind of joystick looking thing. And I, if you can just imagine what a joystick looks like, and then I just kind of move that around with her solo. And that's super fun. Alice now lives in Philadelphia, 
but they got their start in music in Seattle. I was in a band called Diamond Cut Diamond, and we were just a queer punk band. Just kind of minimal sounds. We had a keyboard player, and I was the guitar player and a drummer. And yeah, that was really fun. We'd all get really drunk all the time and just jam out and rock out. And our practice space was at the keyboard player's house in um, the CD. So we would just kind of like hang out around there and be punks together. And then I was in a band called Telepathic Liberation Army. And I think by then we were all just kind of trying to be more pro about it. This is, this is a different roster. Um, I think we were trying to get, actually get somewhere with this band. And we got signed to a label and just played a bunch of local shows. And That was really fun. And then I was at a band called Royal Eyes. And then I just kind of had to break off from that because when I was in that band was when I started touring and I had to pick, you know, either I'm in the band that's touring or I can be more behind the scenes. And uh, I really prefer to be behind the scenes. So, yeah, I went that route. While Alice was in Seattle, they ran live sound for the venues The Comet Tavern, Numos, The Showbox, The Crocodile, and Chop Suey. Those experiences led them to go on tour with Big Axe. You have a lot of creative freedom with front of house. And I think I just like being in charge of what the audience is hearing and making sure that the band's, you know, sounds are delivered <laughs> the way they, they want them to be. You know, and just kind of what I mean by creative liberty is just kind of like, you know, showing restraint when you can and then, you know, finding that kind of liminal space to do what you can to bring everything together. And I think just being behind, you know, just like manning this console with all these knobs <laughs> and, and buttons on it, it just, it's fun. That was front of house engineer Alice Wilder. And now I want to introduce you to another audio engineer who has just started their career in Seattle and is already fluent in recording, mixing, and mastering audio. Hi, my name is Talea Logan. I am 22 years old, and I am an audio engineer from Seattle, Washington. Logan works at the Seattle studio's Ruby Room and Means Street. She's only been engineering for about two years, but estimates she's worked on more than 60 projects so far. She's done work with local artists such as Relby Free, Paris Alexa, Just Moni, and her own boyfriend. I'll go out with my boyfriend, and I am his engineer. He's a rapper. His name is Brandon Marsalis. You should totally check him out. He has beautiful, beautiful music. But people will come up to him and be like, hey, bro, I love your music. Man, that really touched me. I just, wow, and the sound effects. And they don't even look at me, and they're like, all right, bro, stay up. And I'm like, do they know that I told you to blow into a bowl of water to sound like you were drowning or like, <laughs> you know, just things like that. Oh, God, I finally found it. Yeah. Logan got introduced to engineering through the residency, the Seattle hip hop program for youth. They had basically just showed me like, hey, this is possible, like 
people are musicians as their career. It's not just a hobby or side hustle. So I was like, oh, yep, I'm going to be Beyonce, period. And I was like, wait, okay, back up. We got to record first. (laughs) And so I was looking around at studios and I was working in fast food and I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm affording $60 an hour. So basically I saved up what I could. Um, what I probably would have paid for just like a bunch of sessions. And I just put it into getting some recording gear. I started recording myself at home. One thing led to another. My friends were like, hey, can you record me? Like, I need help with this. And then I kind of just fell in love with it. And now it's what I do full time. So that's the summary. Logan is also a musician. She realized engineering could be part of her music path when she presented one of her songs to a friend and didn't like the mix he did. She realized she might be better off engineering her own music herself. It was just the snare. The snare was too low. And I felt like the energy of the song was just kind of lacking. And so I was like, hey, do you mind sending me the stems? And then so I did it and I liked it even better than his. And I was like, "Okay, either I'm a little crazy or maybe I should kind of be doing this for me to literally take a stab at it for like the second time ever even touching a fader in a DAW was kind of like a aha moment of like, wow, I really do enjoy doing this and maybe I should pursue it. Tell me about a song that you feel like you help bring to life in a new way through engineering. Um, I think that song would be, um, it's called First Aid Kit, and the artist's name is Fairy Godzad. Their real name is Aaron, and they were actually one of my first clients at Mead Street when I first started taking on clients and, like, trying to move into recording full-time. And um, I had learned a lot with them, but this song in particular just really has a special place in my heart. And I think the way that I kind of helped bring it to life was so they sent me the beat and they were like, you know, this person doesn't really make beats that often. Like they're not trying to be a professional or anything like they just like to create music. But this beat really spoke to me. And so it has this bass line and there's like some synthesizers. And then there's like this super loud, like ching sound that's going through the entire track. And we weren't able to get stems because I believe they made the beat on their phone, from what I know, um, or like on an iPad or not like in a computer. I'm not sure about that information, but I believe that's what happened. And so I was like, hmm, maybe we could put a filter on it. And I think that really just changed the entire track, because if that loud bell was in there the whole time, I think it really would have taken away from the beauty of the message of the song and their vocals. Um, so yeah, just that one thing I think really changed the entire song. Also, part of my work is vocal producing, which is basically telling people what to sing and helping them come up with more ideas on how to approach a song, how to do harmonies, background vocals, different tones, textures, execution. Um, so there's a little bit of vocal coaching as I record. And that's also, I think, something that sets me apart from diff- other engineers um, because I'm a vocalist. And so I really love the way that we approach this song and Aaron is a really amazing musician when it comes to harmonies and background vocals so I really didn't have to work that hard but it was really just about giving suggestions and um, just helping them formulate their thought process as they record you say I'll be fine but how can I trust it I'm going and blind like should I give this my all something keeps telling me oh 
Audio engineering, you know, as we look at the statistics, is a very male-dominated field. Um, mm-hmm. But also, do you feel like it's also a very white male-dominated field? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Very I, much. I'm, I'm curious how you see these inequities play out, you know, in your own experience as an mm-hmm. audio engineer. Like what things have you observed in studios or outside of studios when it comes to just the inequities at play in this industry? It's just the the inequality in, in the labor and recognition, especially. I hear stories all the time about how um, women, especially women of color, have either added to a song or done a part or even created an entire song. And it was just completely stolen by a larger artist or it was pitched to an artist without their knowledge. And then they were sent a cease and desist like, yeah, you can't do anything. We're taking your song, you know. Just so many things like injustices that have happened. And personally, in my experience, I think that people really just expect me to come and sing the hook. And that's kind of all they want me to do and want me for. And I think that's what my goal is in really changing that narrative and inspiring other women to get into the technical side because we have the ear, we have the meticulousness, the attention to detail, the ambition to really just bring music to another level. And the only reason I say another level is because we have been so excluded for so long. You know, if you look at any major studio, you're not going to see a black woman at the helm. You're going to see naturally an older white man. And I think that's just because of how exclusive studios used to be, you know, in the, in the seventies and the eighties, you just had to know someone. And a lot of those people were technical hardware engineers who soldered all of their equipment and built their entire recording rigs and built all their hardware for processing and their analog rigs and things like that. And so when you look at the baseline for opportunity, we're not seeing women of color having the opportunity to even have access to that kind of equipment unless you go to college, a place like Full Sail or, you know, like a recording school. And a lot of those schools are unaccredited. So if you even have a scholarship or say your parents like saved up through like a Gerber fund or something, a lot of times the money doesn't apply. And that was my case specifically, if I'm being honest. Um, like my parents had a college fund for me. And when I was ready to, when I wanted to go to like a specialized school for recording, it wouldn't apply. So I felt like I didn't really have any options. And I just turned to YouTube and I learned everything off of YouTube. And thankfully with my learning style, I was able to do that. But I think there really needs to be some renovation in terms of access and, um, you know, just equality in terms of who gets to learn what and who gets to even be in, in rooms and experience these kinds of processes. I mean, what do you think it'll take? Yeah. To see more women, especially women of color behind the board. It's going to take those older white men who have those access to studios and saying, hey, I see you have some experience. I see, you know, you've been recording out of your room for four years. Come into the studio. I will I would love to know what you need in terms of your career to succeed or get to the next level. How can I assist you? Literally moving funds. If if a woman is like, hey, I really want to record, but I don't have an interface by the interface, you know, like, or even start a fund that can sponsor women of color or black women to get audio recording equipment, things like that. Um, I think what can really help to bridge the gap. I think that's why programs like the residency are so special. Um, it's a youth program and they don't specialize in recording, but it's more of uh, songwriting and production. And I think that is an example. Um, it was created by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. As you know, they are both mega stars and, 
they didn't have to create a program like that, but Ben chose to do that because he saw that there was a need. And so I think we need more programs like that around the country that just really focus on underserved communities and that can just show them like, hey, there's another option. You don't have to just go and sing the hook and go off, you know, like you can you can do all of these things. And Talayla is doing all those things. She wrote, recorded, mixed, and mastered her new album that's out now. Here's a song off that record. It's called Too Much, featuring Keys Open Doors. I'm a mess. I'm a monster. Let you tell it. I can harm you. Let you tell it. My soul left long ago. Let you tell it. My whole chest is a Fell in love with the crooked angel, crooked angles I can't see where you coming from, promise I'm where all of the pain goes You created this world, seven's eight in this world Truth is very heavy and it goes no weight in this world You said this is what you made me I am never changing And you keep on explaining to me How you swear on your soul, the beast you become is all this is what you made me You said I am never changing And you keep on explaining to me How you swear on your soul The beast you become is all my fault Speak up, speak up Speak up, speak up You said, you said Speak up, speak up You Vision. If you enjoyed the show today and generally like getting more context around the music you love, I highly recommend you check out another KEXP podcast. It's called Live on KEXP. Each week that podcast highlights a different band that performed live here at the station. You can hear that performance, but also get more of a backstory behind each artist with KEXP DJ Troy Nelson. So before you go, think about subscribing to the Live on KEXP podcast. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, interview, sound, and vision. You can also help support this show financially with a $20 gift at kexp.org sound. Thanks for listening.